Aloha, everybody. This is Q the Abolitionist. You're listening to Unshackled Liberty. Greetings. This is Crypto Gumbo. This is episode 38. Whoa. 38. We just, uh, we just got done talking to Jacob Lindsay from Tasting Anarchy. And uh, we talked about, which is, was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun talking to the guy. He seems like a really cool dude. Yeah. Um, we talked about a lot of things, uh, but we did. We talked about wine for a lot longer than I anticipated. And uh, which was, which was for somebody who doesn't drink at all, like I was so fascinated still by just even talking about all the different things that go into that. What do you think? He blew my mind on some stuff about wine. I mean, yeah. I don't I, drink. I, yeah. I, 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 even if we, even if we did drink, this isn't the platform to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but, but anyway, but, there's a lot of stuff that goes into winemaking that I didn't even consider. <laughs> yeah. So. That was, it was definitely interesting. And then we rolled into uh, his, uh, this concept that he's working on called Childerberg town, not to be confused with Childerberg, the, uh, the, the, the camping trip libertarian meetup party thing that happens in May. Um, Incidentally, they have what uh, May 29th to 31st. He said, "I think was it, is there 31 days in May? Whatever, the end of May uh, of 2021, they're going to try and knock it out again. This will be the third one." But we talked about Childerberg Town quite a bit, or the concept of like a free um, covenant community, like in real time, modern era type stuff. So uh, that was fascinating. So anybody who's ever thought about, man, my town sucks, and or this area, I wish it was more free. Uh, there's a movement. Yeah, it's in the early stages, but there's a movement to try and figure out a cool place where like-minded, freedom-loving people can figure out how to how to exist. You know, yeah, in Jake, their own, Jacob in their own has way. that template too, yeah. so he's he's working on that template. Yeah, for, so that's that's kind of cool, man. That's kind of cool. So um, he's working on that, and then and then you know, so we talked a lot about that, and talked a lot about just just uh, in general, just a lot of cool stuff. So. Jacob Lindsay, I thought it was a really, really good chat, man. A really good conversation. Yeah. Good you know? dude. I, I agree. So um, without further ado, episode 38, ladies and gentlemen, here we Enjoy go. Enjoy yourselves. What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm tired today, bro. Dude, <laughs> you're telling me. I had to get up early, go to work, then then run out of work, uh, take the kids to the gun range where uh, we shot archery and pellet gun. I didn't get to cool. shoot any I didn't get to shoot any of my guns because you know, today was about the kids getting getting you know, make sure the kids get theirs once in a while, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so. Yeah, the, uh, so the, uh, my, my wife brought the kids to one of the larger playgrounds that uh, I think it's in Mililani. No, 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 not that one. The one that's uh, closer to like um, Croc Center. Yeah. There's a really nice new playground over there. And I had a guy um, over to 
to help pressure wash the house because it was time for that and the fence and stuff like that. So um, I got into an interesting conversation with him. He's like a a Marine veteran that that retired in Hawaii and uh, he does like little side gigs, you know, and uh, he had some interesting stuff to say about like the economy and about uh, where we've gone since COVID has taken over everyone's lives and how it screwed up his tattoo endeavors because his, his brother's like a tattoo artist, an award-winning tattoo artist, and they started a shop out here and then boom, COVID hit. So they couldn't open it up and get the VA loan because he got laid off and he was selling bikes and all kinds of this stuff. And I was like, dude, let me, let me, let me slang this at my, my man Q. We might have you on so we can all grab about this together. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something we could definitely do a show about, man. Yeah, totally. And then, uh, and then when we do it, just like email it to the governor and the mayor and just be like, look what you're doing, jerks. Yeah, look what you're doing. You have the, uh, a bunch of knuckle draggers out here starting podcast against you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that sounds fun. That sounds like a good one. We might, we, yeah, we should reach out. You got his number and everything. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got his contact stuff. Yeah. We should yeah, reach super, out to him. Maybe super, super cool dude with a super killer beard. Makes me miss my long beard. Remember when I grew my beard down to like, like the center of my chest? Yeah. Well, his is like that. And I was like, wow. I just, think the longest my beard got was like to the bottom of my neck. And then I was taking a nap and I startled myself awake because I thought it was a spider. <laughs> right? I thought it was a spider like on my chest. So I like, ah, I freaked. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. it was, and it was not. It was, it was me. It was my beard on my chest. Um, and I thought, oh, that's cool, man. That was really cool. And then shortly after that, my wife was like, she's like, okay, dude, I've been, I've been a good sport. Let's, uh, let's uh, do something about this. Sad. Yeah. Doom. Hey man, I was hoping that you would grow yours out. The only reason that I grew my beard out that long is so we could braid our beards together. <laughs> but no, somebody had to go cut it off. <laughs> No, man. <laughs> and, the, and the main goal was so we could jump rope with our braided beard together. That's. But that's, because of you, it didn't happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's probably, that. why, that's probably why 2020 has been so crappy because you had to cut your beard off. It's all your fault. <laughs> do you know how dumb that sounds? I do. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> I was going to tell you when we first started, if you hear something weird, it's me talking. Okay. Oh, man. Oh. <sighs> You need I'm to tired. Wake up. I am, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm slamming the coffee right now. So we've got, we got Jacob Lindsay coming on today. All right. Yeah. From, uh, from Tasting Anarchy. So, um, I listened to a couple of his shows. So the, the thing is, is, is uh, Tasting Anarchy is about food, and, uh, and from, from what I could tell, like wine, wine pairing with food and things like that, and, and wine stuff, and yeah. that's kind of cool. Except, you know, I don't drink, right? So, um, but he did an episode not too long ago on Zinfandel. And, uh, and, you know, I really liked that show. And honestly, the reason why I liked it had nothing to do with the wine, had nothing to do with Zinfandel and everything to do with the part of California that I'm from. Uh, I'm from, you know, the Sacramento area. And, uh, and there are like, so Lodi, California says that, you know, which is right outside of my hometown, uh, you know, claims to be the Zinfandel capital of the world. And so, as he was going through this episode, 
uh, he was talking about, of course, Napa. You can't talk about wine without talking about Napa Valley. Yeah. And then, and then, um, you know, and then Lodi, and then of course, Ambler County right up in the foothills, all right in my old, my old, like my, just my own, my old little stomping grounds. And so it was kind of cool to hear that stuff and got me a little nostalgic about, you know, my hometown and my home area. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still California. California sucks. So, yeah, so, yeah, we, so, we were kind of talking about that in the last uh, episode yeah. of the Grammy hashtag Yulo. We kind of, yeah. you know what? And I kind of feel bad a little bit because whenever I'm kind of dissing on Portland or California, it's not, it's not the, it's not the people uh-huh. or the place. It's just kind of how the politics have taken those those places down. Like, I, uh, those are beautiful places. Oh, like whenever I, whenever down. I was in, yeah, whenever I was tr- living in California and I traveled, I went to the rose festival when i was in the navy and like i loved it but it's pockets of people that kind of ruin it for everyone yeah and or maybe those pockets of people are thinking it's the majority of all the other people that are ruining it for them i don't know (laughs) well this is why like um this is this is why the uh the the like population centers are so bad right like we've talked briefly about this in my mind is um we're meant to be closer to the earth you know, and I'm not saying like living a caveman, you know, uh, and hugging you know, trees, yeah, and- hunter hunter gatherer existence. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having having some uh, room, you know, to like yeah. stretch your feet and reach out. And maybe you don't look right across the street at your neighbor's, you know, living room, right, or you know, out your bedroom window into their master bathroom, right? Like, you know, like living right on top of each other. Here's Jacob right here. We'll go ahead and let him in. All right. Um, but, uh, you know, li- living right on top of each other in the cities is not good. And then on top of that, you know, those are the city centers that screw up the rest of the state. Like, so you got San Francisco and San Jose and Fresno and Sacramento and Los Angeles yeah. and San Diego. And you've got some pretty good-sized cities there that are really jacked up. Yeah. And then you have really good people that live, like, in the middle of the state, like, in the valley, up well, in the mountains. And they're just kind of hosed, you know, because, you know, it's California. And that's yeah, well, well Hawaii is kind of like that, too. The, most of the people are yeah. really fantastic, beautiful yeah. people. It's just the, the, the governance and, the, just, and, the, Honolulu, and the politics. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Goodness. Jacob, what's, what's up, up dude? Up, How's it going? What's, what's up, up, buddy? Man? You caught us. We were, we were just kind of small talking a little bit about we what? started out talking about your Zinfandel episode. Oh, yeah. You yeah. We were blowing it's, steam, man. We're yeah. talking stories. Yes. I, I, heard you, I heard you talking about... Uh, the city problem in California, same same problem in Texas though. Well, it's the same problem. So and that's you know so California, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like it's just a it's just one state that has the same problem as everything else. You look at what Seattle's yeah. doing to Washington, what Portland's doing to Oregon, yep. Chicago does it to Illinois. New York State is screwed over by New York City. You know, it's just it's all over the country. It just shows you cities yeah. are not good. Cities. What part of Texas are you are you in? I'm in Dallas now. Well, uh, Arlington, so next to Dallas. Okay. Right on. And. Yeah. Uh, or in between Dallas and Fort Worth. We just, my wife and I moved here about two years ago from Virginia Beach. Okay. And then uh, I grew up in Sacramento area, uh, up in the foothills. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You guys are going oh, yeah. to double team me <laughs> yeah. in, in a bad way. Yeah, I, I grew up, up closer to Placerville. Okay. where I'm from. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I'm from, I'm originally uh, born and raised in Elk Grove. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I know where that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and actually, my grandfather had had a lot of property up in Georgetown, and mm-hmm. uh, so we used to go up there and and you know shoot things, you know, yeah, catch fish and you know get splinters and you know climb trees and 
run away from noises in the forest that we couldn't under- yeah. explain. Yeah. <laughs> sounds yeah. like a good time. Yeah. It is. yeah. It's a great, it's a, it's a great place. My sisters, I have four sisters and they, uh, or three of them actually still live there. Uh, and they're probably not sticking around much longer, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I guess, I guess good and bad. Like I'm happy that they're not putting up with it anymore, but yeah. sad that they have to. Yeah. We were so. just, we were just kind of talking a little <laughs> bit about that. I was kind of, uh, giving an apology because I've, I've ragged on California and Portland a little bit in some of our past episodes. And I wanted everybody to know that, Hey, I'm not talking. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about some of the circumstances that those areas yeah. places are in. Yeah. It, 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 it's a bummer. It, and it's a huge dynamic. It's a huge, like there's a huge riff in the state of California, probably, I mean, as much as anywhere, I mean, just like anywhere else, but probably more so since um, you, you do have such a frontier history with the, the gold rush and westward expansion you have such an agricultural world and such a like a like you were living like you were you're from up in the foothills it's like kind of like live free or die kind of mentality out yeah. there and and then is, you yeah. and then you have san francisco and then you have los angeles and all that yeah. just kind of like yeah it's really well weird. that's 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 what the guy uh who's doing jefferson or who's kind of in charge of that movement right now is trying to do is sort of force california to make it um back to it used to be kind of like a mini federal system. Yeah. So the counties, he's trying to make it so that each county has a minimum number of representatives. Yeah. And then if they do it that way, the legislature would be like 5,000 members. And okay. um, if it's based off population. So he says he thinks that if they get to that point, then he can use that as a reason to, uh, I can't remember what amendment it is or whatever, but whatever West Virginia did when they split off from Virginia that he could enact that and get Northern California to split off and become Jefferson. He's already shown his cards though. They're not gonna let that happen. Yeah, they won't, but uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they they won't, I I think even on a federal level, they won't let it happen either. They're unless, unless they could like agree to bring Puerto Rico in or something like that, they're not going to let two new Republican senators come in from Northern California. And Mm. cause that's the way that they're drawing the battle lines, it would be a Republican state. And then, um, they'd have to bring like Puerto Rico in to be a Democrat state or something like that. Yeah. They, they'd ha- they, they wouldn't allow in something that lopsided. Yep. Yep. That would be rough. So Placerville, huh? That area. Yeah. Yeah. Placerville. Yeah. That uh, a little bit further down from that. So okay. we were kind of like in, uh, so Eldorado Hills. Yep. It's, I don't know if you, it, uh, okay. That's where I'm from. Eldorado okay. Hills. Right on. Easy. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's cool, man. That's cool. Placerville's got some of the coolest name. Like they used to call that place. What? Hangtown, right? Hangtown. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, that's where my yeah. that's where my sisters live now. Yes, yeah. they 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 all they moved up the hill, and now they're talking about. Uh, well, before COVID, they were like, "Well, now Placerville's kind of sucking, so we yeah. need to move even further up the hill." And I mean, soon you're not going to be you're going to be in Tahoe. You won't be. Yeah. There's not really much more hill to yeah, go up. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think my grandfather had it right back in the day. He bought he bought uh, like a hundred acres out there in, in in Georgetown. I mean, this was back in the '80s when you could probably buy that kind of yeah. land. I mean, it's hard to find that stuff now, but. Um, you know, he bought a hundred acres out there in Georgetown and just basically just disappeared. He was a hermit, man. And you know, he yeah. was, he didn't like anybody except for like me and my brother. And, uh, you <laughs> it know, it'd be hard to disappear at hundred acres. I mean, he's a, and he was a, and he's a great guy. I don't I mean, it was, he was a great guy, obviously, but, uh, yeah, the, that was a long time ago anyway. Do but, you still have that land in your family? Nah, nah, there's, there's oh, a whole, man. there's a whole thing that, that went on with that. We won't, we won't talk about it here, but, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, my, fill, my, I'll uh, fill you in when we're not recording. Okay. <laughs> My uh, big uncle Mike owns some land out. Uh, I want to say it's in Shasta County. He owns seventeen hundred acres out there. Oh wow! And it's a it's he's a prepper. And, oh, good uh, for him. Cool. Yeah. 
So he's he's got he's got his caches out there, and like it's all it's all forded out and stuff. He's he's been paranoid. Like like I'm I'm pretty hardcore libertarian. He was hardcore like <laughs> government threat thing like way back like so. tinfoil hat days right like, yeah yeah like, yeah like, <laughs> you, but you know what this covid thing has done is shown us all that those guys aren't crazy you know yeah. like no, they're like it's, it's and they're really ready has. yeah they're prepared like yeah. they've been preparing for like 30 years i mean most yeah. i'm like dude i'm so far behind the eight ball right now i gotta catch up <laughs> you know i should have been listening to all those crazy guys all these years yeah so what what part of hawaii are you guys in now we're on Oahu, which okay. is, My, yeah, that's Honolulu County. So that's like, you know, there's 1.4 million people in, in the entire state and a million of them are on this small, tiny rock. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. My uh, dad was stationed there uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, um, cool. Oh, we're uh, I don't know. I don't know where he was stationed. I didn't actually get to go out, but uh, he was there for a long time. I kept going, oh yeah, I'll come out. I'll come out. But I was in Virginia. Oh, and yeah. So it was such a long travel and I was like, oh, I'll come out, I'll come out. And then he was like, oh, can't come anymore. I'm getting reassigned somewhere else. Yeah. What, so, what, what branch? He's in the Navy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple options, but probably, yeah. yeah, probably Pearl Harbor most likely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was, but I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, special forces, wherever the seals are, that's oh. where he was. So. Well, they don't tell us where they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's way tougher than I am. Okay. He, 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 he's a tough guy. I, I, I learned computers. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, that's, it's teach his own, right? Yeah. Everybody's gifted and, and talented in different areas. And that's true. We need that, you know, diversity. I, I got, I got a question for you a little off topic here. What, so your, your show is tasting anarchy and yeah. uh, I, oh, I have two, I have two, sh- a new show okay. uh, that I'm doing. So tasting anarchy is the one that we've been doing for a couple of years. Yeah. And then uh, I'm doing a new one, the Californian in exile uh, it's just about why, like, basically it's just about why people are leaving oh, the yeah. state. Right on. And, um, dude, I could, I could come on your show if you want yeah, and just, and I could, absolutely. I could probably blow your ears up, dude. I got so many ideas about why people are leaving. California just sucks, man. It's, yeah, it's and, and it's too bad. It's too bad yeah. because it doesn't, right. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's it, so it's, cool and then lame all at the same time, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's I was what actually, I was, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, good. No, good. Good. No, I was going to say that I was, I was talking to, uh, to cue on one of our Yulo episodes about how whenever I was a kid growing up in Southwest Louisiana, where there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot going on, and I would see all these TV commercials with, with uh, all the cool skateboarding kids, <laughs> yeah. skating past the palm trees and the pretty girls <laughs> running around the beach, and I'm like thinking, man, I'm I'm, I'm swimming in a mud hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. so I always like looked up to that and wanted wanted that so bad, and that was like why I joined the Navy in the first place is to go travel and see places that I didn't get to see growing up. And yeah. it is sad because I, I spent my twenties in, in San Diego and it was, yeah. it was wonderful. But after I left, there's no way I would ever go back, you know, just, yeah. That's where my dad's station now is San Diego. Okay. And, um, he's, I mean, he's getting close to retirement, I think. Yeah. Um, he, but he likes it. That's what, that's what he wants to do. And, um, so, but, and the original plan I think was to go back up to Northern California where we're from. And they're just like, we, we can't do it. Like we got to go out to wyoming or somewhere like that yeah Dude, and and the sad part of wyoming man come on i mean that's, yeah i know yeah but the sad thing is 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 you know people people with who make a decent living people who are who are you know either job creators or like really you know gonna give back to the economy can't afford to live there yeah and then you know and they can't afford to live there because the taxes are so high and then there's so many problems and then as they leave the people who are left behind it just increases that tax burden on the people that are left behind it's more and more yeah. and more 
until man, I, you know, how do you get out of that? How do you get out of that cycle? How do you, that death spiral that they're in right now? How, how do you pull up out of that? You know, I mean, I think at some point they're going to have to, uh, do declare bankruptcy, which I don't think there's actually a process for States to do that, but they're, they're insolvent now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole country is kind of, but, uh, they're, I think it's going to be them or Illinois first, and they're just going to, they'll have to restructure and the state. I I don't know if this is a solution for whatever reason, people just don't like the idea of splitting things up, which sometimes that's the best idea. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear that. And, and like California, it's the population is larger than the population of Canada. It's, it really shouldn't be one state. I mean, it could be its own country. So um, that's what I think should happen is it should be broken up. It probably could be broken up into more than two states. It probably could be broken up into three or four or or more, but um, it's, and and there's also just the the interests are so different. I mean, like, I mean, you're from up in Northern California Q and it's so different than like San Diego. Like it's just a different place and, and totally different interests, totally different. It's a different vibe. Yeah. Completely. And I mean, not just, I mean, and, and then, you know, I'm from like the Valley, right? You're from the foothills yeah. and, and we're not like where we're from are, is not really that far apart, but the culture is completely oh, different. Oh yeah, very different. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being, being up in the foothills and then you go, and then you go towards the coast to Santa Cruz, right? Or, or yep. any, anywhere else on the coast really. But my favorite, my favorite part of the state is Santa Cruz, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that's a the whole different, walk. yeah, and that's a whole different culture, completely yeah. different. Right. And yeah. Yeah. They, they, well, with, and it's, What's funny too is like I was just because I was was just doing an episode of um, the California Nexile where I was getting my mom to interview my grandma about some stuff from when uh, they were younger. Wow, that's cool. And they, um, so do you know where La Honda is? No, south of San Francisco. No. Okay, it's it's in the redwoods there. Okay. So that that part of California in La Honda is very similar to like Placerville, mm-hmm. but then there's like this whole big split right there in the valley where, and it's just because. It's, it's economics. It's so interesting to see that like when you live either on the coastal mountain range or up in the Sierra Nevadas there, there, it does develop kind of this similar culture and they have, because their economic interests are the same. Yeah. And, um, and, it, and that sort of divide is really interesting. La Honda is one of my favorite parts of California. It's so pretty out there. It's like a redwood rainforest and it's uh, just gorgeous, but it's, you know, all the fires and stuff like now it's all mismanagement by the state yep. for the most part. And, uh, it's really, it's wrecking a lot of those places that are just naturally beautiful places. Yeah, it is. Um, that's sad. I mean, it, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we, I guess we could probably do a whole episode on California if you want to, but I don't know if that <laughs> yeah. was the idea of coming on. What is, so your, your show, uh, the show we're talking about, um, your show, the tasting anarchy podcast, what is, yeah. what does food have to do with anarchy? Uh, everything in your life <laughs> is, uh, has the government involved. And yeah, yeah. so, so I, when I, when I decided we were going to move out to Texas and not be in Virginia anymore, um, my best friend out there, we wanted to do something. So we had an excuse to talk to each other every week. And, um, we were both getting into wine. And, uh, so he suggested we do a show on wine cause we didn't really know much about it. So it was just kind of like, Hey, let's just do this. And as we learn more about it, we'll talk about it. But also, I mean, it's alcohol. The government is so heavily involved in it, but then there's all these other areas that they're involved in that are related to like just the agricultural part of it. They're so involved in, and then um, like what it says on the bottle, there's a whole bunch of rules about like, if you say that you're like a Napa Valley wine, there's a bunch of rules around why you would call that Napa Valley. 
and why, or why you'd call it California or why you'd call it central coast or why you'd call it, you know, whatever it is. And it's all these regulations. Europe is worse. Like the European regulations on it is, is insane. And so it just ended up becoming a really interesting topic. And so our, our goal, instead of it just, I mean, our goal still is just to be friends and talk on about something we're interested in, but, um, it kind of became, we went, this might be a good way to get people interested in, uh, in government being too much involved in their okay. life in, in general gotcha. because it's like if i come in i'm like oh you know let's talk about murray rothbard and like uh you know and if i if i just come in and say hey we're going to talk about anarcho-capitalism or something you know the only people who are going to listen are people who are already interested in that people who are already but, down yeah you're not going to get any, exactly. any new listeners that's true yeah, but yeah, yeah. but if you're talking about wine and there's and especially at the time when we started it, there was not that many wine podcasts um people are kind of interested in wine and then when you when you're like, well, you know that like X percentage of this is taxes. The reason why you can't get this one that you wanted from Bordeaux is because of uh, these regulations. Like right now, like we can't get anything from Crimea because of when they got annexed by Russia, Crimea is a wine producing area, and you used to be able to get Crimean wine in the United States, and we can't anymore because we don't do deals with Russia. So is there a resulting black market similar to how Cuban cigars used to be? Uh, I'm you know? sure there is. Is there, uh, is there some? Is there some <laughs> can you go get some guy with a crooked nose to get you some Crimean wine? Probably, you know? This guy, this guy in Italy, this, this, this guy in Italy recently got arrested for uh, bringing it to a wine competition. He wasn't even selling it. He was letting people taste it. And um, he was the, like, the, "Screw the, your the contest." <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, he. I think he just thought he was allowed to, and uh, because he wasn't selling it or anything, and it was a, it was a wine like a wine show, like a, you know, like a, you have gun shows or whatever. It was just basically people brought their stuff and he was letting people taste it. And the Italian police were like, Nope, we're not friends with Russia. And Crimea is now part of Russia. And he's like, yeah, but I bought it before it was part of Russia. And they're like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, so he, he showed up with know, wine left in cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> it and turned out all- the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 What's there's going on like, in your mind when you're like, I just wanted to share my stuff and now I'm being, I mean, what's going on? Yeah, like, could yeah. you imagine that boot dropping on your neck? You're just like, Ooh. oh my goodness, dude. And now you got to go to jail. And I'm sure the Italian jails are not great, right? Like, I don't, I've never been to an yeah. Italian jail. I, you know. I don't know. I, I, wonder, I have no idea. I wonder if they serve they, pasta at those jails. <laughs> there's also really interesting like economic ramifications. So uh, like the Trump tariffs on China have had like a huge impact in, in wine markets. Because the the Chinese have a sweeter palate than Americans, so they, they drink a, a generally sweeter wine. And a lot of the California producers had switched over to start producing that type of wine. But then when Trump came in and put tariffs on them, the Chinese stopped buying American wine and started buying Australian wine. And so now all of these producers in California can't sell that wine because we don't drink that type. So mm. uh, it was like a huge investment that they made and it takes about four years to start producing a good vintage from vines. Oh, wow. So it takes a long time to build up and, and then the, the process for making it's a little bit different too. And so a, a bunch of vineyards went out of business uh, when those tariffs went and they just, they couldn't. And then on top of that, we've got the fires and all no, that but sort you of know, stuff. But no, come on. Trump's like the, the economic guru. There's no way he's yeah. responsible <laughs> for any sort of negative economic activity in this country. None whatsoever. Yeah. I will well, not have I it. Know. Not on this show. We will not talk about right. it. <laughs> right. It, it, yeah, it was definitely a, uh, I think it, it, there's like all those types of, th- it's interesting to, see, to start looking at things from other um, 
areas that you wouldn't necessarily always look in the news about it. So like, and just reading the news and going like the, the way that they report it, you know, believe it or not, uh, the wine industry is fairly left wing. And um, so when you, when you read about things from their perspective, you're like, well, no, I know exactly why that's happening. And it's, it's this economic principle or whatever. And um, it's, it's interesting to see their reactions. It's also interesting to see like government reactions in uh, places like France where uh, due to COVID, there's been a lot less wine sales. And so the government, instead of like the government being like, well, you know, lower the price and let it clear the market. They're like, we're going to buy it, turn it into distilled alcohol, and then use that as an additive to fuel, which is going to have all these other ramifications. So like all just, it's really interesting to see how this world is handled. I, so the, the, from the, 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 the amateur economist in me just, just, cringes with this because yeah. <laughs> we have no shortage of centuries and centuries of evidence of what happens of the unintended government consequences when they just yeah. get too involved in things right so yeah so it'll be interesting to see how that all falls out i guess you know it, it really it really is interesting um so if you guys want to hear more about it you can listen to tasting anarchy absolutely um, so, yeah. sometimes it's just it's just mason and i'll get off on a tangent and it'll just be like the last several episodes have just been us talking about specific grapes yeah. and um, we really didn't get into any, any news or anything like that, but yeah, I don't, uh, we, I don't drink, I don't drink wine at, you know, I don't drink at all, but uh, yeah, I, I am fascinated by, um, you know, I, I think I told you guys in the DM, you know, even though I don't drink, you know, being, being from the, the you know, born and raised in the area that I was born and raised in and seeing the development of the, the yeah. vineyard and the wine culture in the area, I'm, I'm certainly fascinated by it, you know, and yeah, so it's interesting. I'm, I'm yeah, I'll, I'll be listening. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah it, it is interesting. And then we talk about California all the time just because that's where I'm from. <laughs> Have you ever hit on um, how uh, uh, Maynard from Tool was able to get his or or orchard going in Arizona? No. So you, uh, Are you aware of that? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I, I don't, okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. So, yeah. so the singer from Tool yeah. decided to, to, to have an orchard in, in Arizona. A vineyard. A vineyard. A vi oh, vineyard. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Vineyard. Pardon me. <laughs> Pardon me, gentlemen. <laughs> But, uh, but, uh, yeah, so he, he grows his grapes there and he, and he, he yeah. happened in Arizona of all places. And he, yeah, well, it, that's interesting is like the American wine industry is growing. New Mexico is a new big up and coming place. Southern Colorado is starting to do a lot of German varietals there. There is some from Arizona. I haven't had any of it yet, but even like Northern Mexico, Baja places like that are starting to put in vines and it's, it's finding the right grape for the environment. Like Texas, we actually do quite a bit here. And, um, and, and I've tasted a lot of different ones. It, it tends to be Italian and Spanish varieties that do really well here. And it's because it's warmer parts of uh, Europe. And so and Texas is quite hot. Uh, and you end up getting, you end up making up for things like being closer to the equator. You end up taking, getting elevation to compensate. So um, high plains in Texas is like four or 5,000 feet. And then uh, Davis Mountain region is like, I think it's like 6,000 feet. And even though it's so far south and so close to the equator, that elevation gets the diurnal temperatures that you need to, for the grapes to ripen correctly. And so then they, they do a lot of like Tempranillo and Albarino and um, actually they do Syrah here pretty well. Um, so it, it really is interesting. It's, it's an yeah, interesting, I mean, uh, it's, it's but an yeah. Art, it's an art form, that's for sure. I mean, it, it, it is, yeah, it is, it really is. So are those green grapes or purple grapes? 
So uh, Tempranillo. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, Tempran- I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm being dumb. I, you know, because uh, you know, I don't know anything yeah. about it. It's like because you go to the grocery store and buy green grapes, or you go buy purple grapes, or whatever. Yeah. Know? Well, in in, in, um, in wine, there's there there's others, but it's mostly they call them black grapes, uh, red grapes, and white grapes. Um, and then um, you don't always make white wine out of white grapes. Sometimes you make white wine out of um, like champagne, for example, has a lot of Pinot Noir in it. Pinot Noir is a purple grape or a black grape. And um, boom, didn't know that. There yeah, you go. <laughs> so so yeah, it's it's interesting. It's 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 the technique that you use while making the wine is what makes it red or uh, white. Um, and that's so you can you you can make a white wine out of a red grape. Uh, you can't make a red wine out of a white grape, but you can make an orange wine out of a white grape. So which is a less common type of wine. Oh man, you got you need to calm down. You're overloading me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, dude. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's an I, interesting world. That's a lot. There's, I didn't realize there was so much to know about, about wine. That's, that's for yeah. sure. That's why um, people dedicate their life to it. I, I don't want to dedicate my life to it, but it, it is interesting and it tastes good. So it have is, I mean, seen? yeah, I imagine it's, I imagine there's a lot of competition too, right? Because you have everybody and their brother, at least, you know, a lot of people want want to have a vineyard and, and there's some prestige associated with it and i'm sure that there's a lot of a lot of competition to make sure that your your particular brand if that's what you're into or your particular flavor taste or whatever is yeah. is is being you know pushed i guess i don't i don't you know you know yeah. i think about Jacob, that from a competition perspective i, I would yeah. have loved to have been a fly on the wall the day that you you, you called your dad over and you're like dad you need to sit down and he's like what's up son and like, you poured him some wine and he said i know that you're active duty and spec ops, so we need to have a talk about anarchy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he know he knows my political beliefs. We just don't don't talk a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's that's the dynamic yeah. that that we work with, and and you know, because because like Q and I, offline we argue about a bunch of stuff and talk about a bunch of stuff, and we don't see everything eye to eye. But it's yeah. interesting to coexist with people that you love that that don't share such strong um, currents, and you know what I mean. Uh, different. Yeah views so well yeah it it is it is interesting uh i think that as i like i became radicalized or whatever uh like 10 years ago and when i when it it first i first started talking to my parents about it they were just like jake's a wackadoo yeah uh and um but now like as as time's gone on and like i and like i hear stuff from you know tom woods or whoever and or just my own thoughts or whatever on it going like, this is going to make this consequence or something like that. Just watch. And, um, and also like, you know, the wars, I, I mean, like I was 13, I think when nine 11 happened and the resulting wars are still going on. Yeah. And like, and like, and active duty military, like, I think that they're, my dad's kind of going like, yeah, this is, this is not ever going to be done. This is forever. Yeah, this is this is the new, you know, like we talk about with the coronavirus. This is the new normal. Yeah, which is like, you know, you know, but it's been twenty years, dude, or almost. I mean, it's been nineteen and some change. And uh, I mean, I've got kids. I got three of them, and and my oldest even has never, never. I mean, she's eighteen. She's in college. She's never not known the war on terror, right? She's never not heard about it. It's never not been part of her culture, her upbringing. Um, In fact, we were. uh, you know, she was, my wife was pregnant with her, uh, during the, when September 11th happened and immediately she was like, what are we bringing a kid into this world for? Right. Like it was, I mean, you know, cause that's what you do. Right. You know, yeah, man, it's it's, it's, it's it's, interesting. Yeah. 
it, it really is interesting. And, and, you know, speaking of COVID too, like the, um, I was actually talking to my dad about this. He and I flew out to Virginia when he got stationed there before uh, my mom and sisters came out and uh, just, you know, to have father son time. And um, I remember we flew, this was, this was early 2001. I brought all of my knives with me in my bag, my carry on. Nobody checked it. Um, we, I don't think they even, I don't, we, because we flew out of Sacramento. I don't even think there was, there might've been a metal detector, but I, if it went off, I think my dad was just like, oh yeah, I'm Navy. And then they were just like, okay. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And um, you want to upgrade to first class? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, and I remember him going like, we got to go. Uh, we got to be there 20 minutes early. And like back then going like 20 minutes early, I mean, you just don't just walk onto the plane and stuff. But like, and then, you know, contrast that with the next year when we come back to California to visit our family and stuff like that. Um, just the, the, the difference. Yeah, two hours early. Two hour, and, yeah, two hours early. And be, and be ready to be violated. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, take, they t- I think I, I brought schoolwork with me and inside like my school bag, like I distinctly remember this because I was like, this is stupid. You know those like kid scissors where it's got like the blunt end? Yeah, yeah. I remember specifically they took those from me and, and going like, they're like blunt kid scissors. Yeah. I'm in middle school. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy. In a short window that the old world is gone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's, I think, kind of what is happening now For with sure. yeah. COVID. It's like, it, it's, it's very quickly, uh, hoax is not the right word, but it's very quickly becoming apparent that none of this was anywhere near what they said it was. Yeah, I wish that more yeah. people understood that, man. We, we yeah. have this thing up in so many different ways and people, I still have good friends of mine who are telling me to mask up and that I'm wrong. And I'm like, right. uh, bro, I, do you have yeah. eyes? Have, yeah, have, just, have you looked at the world right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, even even when it started, like I remember them, when they canceled work and said that I was supposed to work from home, which we're still doing. Um, they, uh, I remember then at first, the first week they gave us an option. We were allowed to come in because my boss was like, well, there's no mandate or anything like that. But if you want to stay home, you can stay home. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, well, and then people were asking at work. They were like, are you worried? And I'm like, there's not stacks of bodies in the street. Like, and I, I don't know anybody who's been no. sick. I still only know like two people who tested positive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and we I'm just like, did a show with a couple of our good buddies that had it. And one was worse than the other, but we were joking yeah. around with it. They were fine. I was like, but did you die? You know, like everybody's <laughs> yeah, good. Right, everybody's right. good. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the thing is, I know that people, I know that there are people who have to be concerned about it. Uh, and like, there's been a division in my family. My mom's one of uh, seven and, or six, one of six. And uh, my grandma just had a stroke a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and uh when she was in the hospital like two of her brothers were like freaking out about it and then her and her other brother who's more conservative um and lives in south dakota (laughs) were were both like they were both like like well i mean she's in she's in the hospital so she's at risk but like the other two brothers were just like there was no reasoning with them and uh it's very it was a very strange it's really strange, especially people you've known for your entire yeah. life for them to just kind of like turn on a dime about something when you're just like, they've never been honest to you ever. Yeah. Like, why would you believe them now? So it, I don't know, it's that's, weird. that's a, that's an important thing to consider, right? They've never been honest with us about, about anything, you know? And yeah. um, I mean, what well, we're seven months into the 15 days to flatten the curve. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? The, like the we're seven months flat. in <laughs> to the 15 days to flatten the curve. Remember, it was just, hey, 15 days, three weeks tops, guys. Come on. Yeah. We're, we're going to be yeah. okay. We're going to get out of this all right. And it's just well, they, and they refused, going and going. Yeah. yeah, they refused to let the power go. And even like uh, that governor in Michigan or wherever up there by the lakes, um, when like, I guess their state Supreme Court was like, okay, none of these things that you've done is constitutional. And she's like, well, we're going to wait. Uh, well, we're just going to keep doing it. And they were like, well, you can't because it's against the constitution of our state. And she's like, all right, well, I'll wait the 23 days that you gave me to comply. And on the 24th day, I'll just find another reason to do the same thing I've been doing. It's like, how, how is this not sparking a revolution? Like I, now I kind of, I, I sort of sympathize with those people who wanted to kidnap her. So I'm like, well, so yeah, I mean, uh, you, the, so yeah. Think about I mean, the kids that grew up. Like, like Hugh was saying with, with his, with his daughter, she's never known the war on terror to not exist. Yeah. And then think about these yeah. kids that are coming up now. They're never going to not know what it was like to exist outside of the war on terror. And they're not going to know what it's like to exist pre COVID. Yeah. yeah. It's. Well, I think there's some benefits to this though, is uh, you see like New York and LA emptying out a little bit, which is good. I think. Uh, I, I don't, I really don't think it's good for people to live in mega cities like that. Oh yeah. I agree with that. We were kind of talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other things though, and if you're a gun guy, um, I think what's cool is that a lot, you know, a lot of the leftists who have been yeah. traditionally, uh, you know, anti-gun or pro-gun control or what, however you want to put that are finding it absolutely frustrating how hard it is to get a tool to defend yourself. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there's some eyes that are being opened up and as, as things start to unravel in certain parts of the country and uh, you know, that, that, that limousine liberal over there that, that was uh, on his high horse about gun control can't just walk into, you know, Tommy's gun shop and, and walk out with a Glock, you know, uh, yeah. he's, he's having a real hard time with that. That I think that's kind of cool. It's like, these, yeah, I think these so. are, this is, this is, this is what happens when you start to, you know, push, push an agenda about something you know very little about, you know? Yeah. I think too, it's going to make people kind of rethink, um, like, like, like it, I mean, it does, I think have a lot to do with the way cities are laid out and the way that they do mm-hmm. also the way that people work. I mean, actually my company's actually doing better with us all working from home. Uh, yeah. there was, there was not really a good, we, we wasted a lot of time just kind of like walking around the office, talking to each other. And, um, and there was really, you know, I'm a software developer. There's just no reason for me to go to an office. Like, it's not like we're having in-person meetings all the time. Yeah. It's I'm usually on the phone with my client or once in a while I might like walk over and say, Hey, how did you get this done or something like that? And, uh, that, that part's missing, but we can, we can do that online now. And it's just as easy. I think that, um, I think also, with people leaving the big cities, what I'm hoping, and this actually kind of is what we, one of the reasons why you guys wanted to have me on was for Childeberg Town. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of, uh, that not necessarily Childeberg Town, but the idea of living in a community where you know people is is becoming a little bit more important because uh, I think a lot of the fear from coronavirus was that you didn't know anybody and they might have it. You have and you don't have any idea, but like like a church, for example, like nobody, like people don't go to church if they're sick. Like they, they, like they know that they don't want to get other people sick. So it's kind of like, and you also know them. And if you came to church and you're, you know, hacking up a lung or whatever, and then half the congregation gets sick, 
they're going to be like, well, why'd you come to church? Now yeah. we're all sick. Yeah. You know, you need to go there's, praise there's, Jesus from home on that day. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, there's, there was just there. And so I think people are now starting to kind of, whether, whether consciously or not, they, their actions are um, kind of showing that maybe a smaller community lifestyle is a little bit more important to them than they thought. And then also just the danger of something like this happening and living in New York city is yeah. if, if it's all shutting down, if you can't move places, if they're making it really difficult for food to come into the city, you should, you know, they're very far removed from their water and food sources. And uh, just that like even, even though the supply shortages were like toilet paper and stuff, nobody was starving to death. But um, like, th- you know, if when they're, they kind of go like, maybe I shouldn't be here if it's this hard for stuff yeah. to get into the city. Yeah. And, and then, so, so be on an Island, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, like, so, <laughs> right. and, and, you know, and we are dependent upon travel. We're dependent upon, um, you know, we, we produce very few things, right? We do have yeah. like a light, very light agriculture, but uh, we, we have, we make nothing. We exist right. for, you know, tourism and, yeah. and, uh, and pineapples. And yeah, there you go. <laughs> and even then most of those are going to the Philippines, man. You know, oh, really? they're, okay. they're, 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 they're not going out. on pizzas where they belong. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's what I think. <laughs> but yeah, dude. So, you know, you're right. Look at, look at, look at a city situation like a Chicago or a New York or even Los yeah. Angeles. Right. And, uh, and where everything has to be kind of brought in. Um, but then, you know, you take that and then put that 2,500 miles away from any other piece of land, you know, right. And that's, that's kind of the fear that we've been facing for a while. As long as that harbor stays open, you know, the Honolulu yeah. Harbor stays open and we continue trading that way, we're going to be fine. But man, the, it's, it's a scare when, when uh, we, I think we see the toilet paper runs um, probably like, <laughs> like three or four times a year out here. Mm. And it's like, anytime there's a, you know, a, a tsunami threat, anytime there's like uh, uh, any kind of like economic, like hiccup or whatever like like toilet why toilet paper why but it's always yeah. the first thing to go right the toilet paper just comes off the shelf and everybody just you know I said, you know the, I, I can't remember who it was but somebody was saying that there's like a, a good psychological explanation for that is that it's a, it's something that you need and if it's covered then at least you're not worried about that and so people just are like if it's if it's a very basic thing i can take care of since everything else is out of my control I'll just take that. I'll take care of that one thing. And that gives them a little bit less stress. Yeah. Yeah. But then they're, you know, elbowing people in the face at the grocery store to get the last roll. Give me my so. Charmin. Well, yeah, I, I did definitely scalp an old lady with the, with the, with a K bar to get that last, uh, <laughs> that last, that last mega pack of ultra soft Charmin or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, even here we were out and I, like, I remember like seeing the runs and I was like, that's stupid. And then like we went to the grocery store and I was like, there's no paper towels. You know what, man? My, my no parents, paper. Based off of what you just said about the psychological effect of having that necessity met, I kind of feel like somebody that was orchestrating all this was like, hey, dude, let's take the toilet paper and watch them scramble. Yeah. yeah that <laughs> you know what be. I mean? Like my paranoid mind is like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the best way for them to have solved that uh, going back to the economics would just let the price rise. And then. Yeah. Then people wouldn't be like, I'm going to yeah. buy 40 packs of this you can't buy just, yeah yeah just I'll buy one just let it go up but then yeah they price fix it and yeah. then and then they limit you to you know one pack per family or what one you know whatever right yeah it's, uh, more just more control yeah, like, so, hey, so let's bro, talk, i let's, got a 50 pack of two ply 50 bucks you let's know? talk about <laughs> yeah. ch- let's talk about Childerberg town man sure yeah so, so what is that i mean that that so i think we had just a little little background of 
why, why we reach out to you. We had, uh, we had Theodore Quinoa on not too long ago and, and yeah, he, he had mentioned episode. it and I was like, dude, that's, uh, we got to get that guy on and talk yeah. about that. I, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a hundred percent in, like if you could figure out a way yeah. to do like Childerberg town with seasteading, I'm in <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, all yeah. the way, all the way. Like I'm double in all the way. So tell me about yeah. it. Tell me about it. I want to well, know about it. Yeah. So I run, I run the Childerberg camping trip here in Texas every year. And it's, um, it's just a big libertarian gathering. Uh, where we have it at, uh, usually somewhere near the water. The last two times it's been near the water, but we found a good location last year. Like this was actually, I got kicked, we got kicked out of Austin. Then I got kicked out of my second site. And then I got kicked out of my third site. We ended up at our fourth site, but the fourth site was great. And, um, while I was there, like we were, we were talking about, about stuff. And, um, and I was just like, you know, what? I really like this. And I grew up in a small, a relatively small town. Like Eldorado Hills was only 3000 people, I think, yeah. or 4,000 people when I was a kid. And, um, I mean, we, I mean, when I was a really little kid, uh, we never went to the rallies without seeing people we knew and like stopping and talking to them for like 20 minutes. So yeah. like, I like that t- small town feel. I also really liked being involved in my church and now my meeting. Um, uh, cause I, I became a Quaker a couple of years ago. So now we have a meeting instead, instead of church, but it's the same thing basically. But, um, uh, I really liked that community aspect. I liked, and everybody seemed to really like that when we kind of broached the topic Everybody was like, yeah, like this would be, that'd be great. Like, you know, if we can get some land together, uh, it could be a part-time community or it could be a permanent community or whatever. But uh, I started looking into intentional communities and it's, it's not like we're the only people who ever came up with this idea, of course. Uh, But there's also a lot of other libertarians from different kind of schools of thought, or I would say maybe liberty minded people Mm -hmm. um, that uh, have, already been working on a lot of this stuff and already have kind of some of the groundwork laid out. And um, there's also some historical examples that are in my mind, like these like intentional communities, you think like Jonestown or uh, you know, uh, the branch Davidians at Waco. I I think, yeah, I think of, I think of like, I think the Mormons, right. Moving, moving West and then, and then establishing Utah. Right. So that, that, that kind of sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it worked out real well, but there's actually some examples. There's um. It, actually, in Southern California, there's a there's a subdivision called uh, Village Homes. That's a it's an intentional community. The guy who's built it, it's all based off of a permaculture design. And when you join the subdivision or buy your property in the subdivision, part of that is you agree to live in a particular way. And um, and there's I think there's an HOA esque thing where you pay dues or whatever to it, and you get access to like the public amenities. But the whole way the whole place is designed is to be uh, like economically sound and to like collect rainwater, put it back into the ground, grow fruit trees, that sort of stuff. And it works and it's been there since the seventies. Everybody who has ever lived there loves it. And the the only time people move out is if they got to move for work or something like that. Um, So that was like one that I found out about that looked like a really good one. There's actually one in uh, North Carolina. It's a Quaker community. And I, I knew this town existed, but I didn't realize their structure. Um, it's called CeeLo. And it's actually a corporation. Uh, so they started a corporation. The corporation purchased about a thousand acres. And uh, instead of buying a plot of land in that town, you lease it, uh, a lifetime lease that's transferable to your children. If they don't want to renew the lease, uh, they do what we call it consensus in, in uh, the Quaker movement is um, everybody has to agree. So if one person doesn't agree, then it doesn't happen. And this is a way to avoid conflict. And, um, 
So if, if they decide they don't want to renew somebody's lease, like, or when it gets transferred or whatever, uh, everybody has to agree not to, it's gotta be, it's gotta be unanimous, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, so it, it is inheritable kind of like, like property, but like, you know, if you had a plot of land, you're a great guy and we all loved you in the community and stuff. And then you left your property to, you know, your son or something like that. And and we all knew that your son was a total dick. Then like, (laughs) then like we would be like, well, we liked him, but we don't like you. So we're not going to, you're out, you're out. Yeah. Good kick rocks, boy. Uh, Get out of here. Yeah, but they but they've been they've been there since 1937. Oh wow! Uh, and they've and it's been it's it's a, it's only about I think it's a little more than a hundred people, uh, and people come and go. Uh, but it's it's they their their stated goals is like to live uh, in a uh, prosperous community in harmony. So like it's it's based off of Quaker tenants, which is prosperity and peace. And so um, and it works out really well for them. They're a little bit more commie than like. Um, what I think I want to live in because they do a lot of more communal stuff, but there's a couple of others that are, that have done pretty well and have been around for years. There's like a, there's like a gay nudist colony in Tennessee that's been around for like 40 years. And they're all cousins. Probably. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) But, uh, but it's, it's, it's really weird. Like it's a weird thing, but they, they make some money on tourism and then they have different, different things that they do there, uh, that, that make money as well. Uh, the, the Amish and the Mennonites uh, have a couple of communities that are like this that, that work pretty well. There's uh, in Texas, there's something called the, uh, uh, I think it's called a Liberty city uh, where you can, if a certain number of people move into an area, you can incorporate and become your own city, but there's a, sp- a special dispensation for Liberty cities. So it's, it's easier to form these and the, the Liberty city still have protection. So they can't be annexed by other cities, but they, um, they can't take bonds. They can't take debt. So, uh, which is, I think good. Yeah, I, so I don't I mean, think municipalities should be taking debt. I really anybody, well, hopefully no, nobody would have to take debt, but, uh, municipalities, especially they go into debt and they get stuck into this constant growth, um, model and stuff. So after like looking into this and finding out a lot of stuff uh, about intentional living and then just kind of running it by people and other people being like, yeah, that sounds great. Like I want to do that. Um, what, sort of my goal is, is to get this started mostly for myself and my wife. Like this is what we want, but uh, also to basically be able to give instructions for people to do this on their own Yeah, and, and, and basically give them a, a, a roadmap for this is this here in this like one document. This is what we did. This is what worked for us. This is how we establish the rules. We don't need the government in here to tell us what to do because we do it all on agreement ahead of time. And, uh, and then from there, if you need to make modifications to this, you can, but this is what worked for us. And then if things don't work, we can put that in there as well. And uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now. It, my wife and I have done a little bit of travel to like look at locations and stuff like that, that uh, are potential locations. Um, and there's, there's a couple of strategies too that you can, you can try. Is one, you can, you can um, identify a, a town that's already incorporated and uh, – just by demographics, uh, basically move in and outlive everybody there. So there, there's a lot of, particularly, actually, we talked about Illinois earlier. There's a lot of small towns with a charter in Illinois. Um, this is not where I want to live, but this is a good example of it. There's a lot of these tiny towns with like, they used to have a population of a couple hundred, but maybe now they have a population of like 30 or 40. They're all over 50 years old. 
and they, they have a charter. And one of the things that's nice about having a charter or uh, incorporating as either a company or as a town is that it does give you some uh, insulary protection from larger bodies of government. So in a lot of places, uh, depending on how the state is set up, the counties have a certain amount of power and also cities nearby can annex you. And, and then when you become annexed by them, you become a, under, you, you become, you have no say in it and you're now under their jurisdiction. So whatever taxes and stuff they had already passed, now you have to do those. Uh, and then also you're now going to be under their police protection, whether you like it or not. Um, and all those types of things. So if you can find a place with the charter already, they can't, they can't annex you if you already have your own charter, you have to, they have to work it out and agree with you on that. So that's one way to do it is to try to find one that's kind of on the decline and do that. The other way is like what uh, CELO in North Carolina did, which is um, you get uh, corporate protections by incorporating and instead of people owning, because as an individual, if you own land, it's very difficult for you to fight eminent domain or something like right. that. Right. But as a, yeah. as a corporation, you do have more protections and, uh, this is one reason why people unionize is they unionize to have collective bargaining power. Right. Well, in, when it comes to the government, one person trying to protect their property from the government, is very difficult, but a corporation trying to protect their property from the government has a better chance um, or, or a city with a charter has a little bit of a better chance and stuff like that, just because it's, you have certain legal protections that as a corporation that you don't have as an individual, but you can also incorporate your individual protections uh, against the government as well. So you have kind of both and which is nice. Um, so that's one way that it could go. Uh, but what we, I mean, th like I said, we're still in the very early stages of this. I think what we would like to do probably is uh, find a way to make it, to get land, uh, make the land make money before we live there permanently. And uh, the way that I'm thinking would work, and this is one of the ways that CELO makes money is by running like a church camp. Uh, so okay. churches can rent out the property to run their camp there. And, or if it's like, if it's good hunting or fishing land, you can also rent it out yep. to people who want to go hunting or fishing. Um, and that's one way to generate just, some yeah, revenue while you're throw up a ton of cabins and, and, and just yeah. Yeah, let people roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what the direction we're going in. Like, like I said, we've been looking at Northern New Mexico and Southern Colorado. Um, there, some States are, better to or easier to do it in than others probably like Oregon actually is surprisingly not a difficult one to do it in but I don't I don't want to move back out in Oregon and also I'm a, slightly worried about both New Mexico and and Colorado because of their state government is you know I'm not partisan in this way like I don't really care Democrats or Republicans just because I'm an anarchist that's not my wheelhouse but Republican states don't tend to be um as onerous with their nanny statism yeah. when it comes to things like people living out in the middle of yeah. nowhere, at least at the local Democrats. level. Right. I mean, yeah. when you get yeah. into the, when you get into the, to the, uh, to the federal level, the national offices, they're, they're very hard to yeah. tell the difference between team red and team blue, but yeah. Yeah. And then it's all, and, tr and also some of the downside with places like New Mexico or Colorado, I mean, the, the main reason I want to live there is because I miss living near the mountains. But um, the, the other reason the other thing that makes me a little bit worried about it is the BLM is there, uh, the Bureau of Land Management, and they are not respectful of property. Yeah. They'll just, and, and if, even if like, even if it is your property, but they have a dispute on the border of it and you, you know, this is what happened with the Bundys yep. and you're grazing cattle on or running your cattle through their land or whatever, even if you have permission, 
or you have the lease on it or something like that, they don't care. It's the federal government. It's they're the way they operate is more guilty until proven innocent. And that's a big headache and a lot of money. So um, Texas might be a little better of an idea for that, but Texas doesn't have uh, snow capped mountains and true. I kind of, <laughs> I want to look outside see the snow capped mountains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's tough. It's a, but that, that's kind of where we're at right now is, uh, still in the research stage, trying to figure out like where we would do it, what the best way to do it, what legal protections can you set up at the beginning? And also how do you set up the community uh, in such a way that it, people have to have a buy-in where they have a, a reason to come in and behave correctly or behave the way that they agree to behave. Yeah. Uh, which I think is one of the problems with the government is that uh, you don't really have a buy-in you're, you're, you're in whether you like it or not. And, uh, it's sort of like um, why people don't take care of rented property as well as they take care of their own property. Yes. Okay. It's, it's sort of that yeah. same thing is like, if you, if you, if you chose to go there and you chose to buy it in and you have something at stake, you're more willing to try to make it work than if you have no option. Like, like, I mean, like I like, I like this area fine. It's, it's nice. And, and I'm very blessed to, you know, be out here with my wife, but uh I don't really care that much about it. Like I care more about Eldorado Hills than I do about yeah. Dallas. So, uh, and it's just cause you know, Eldorado Hills is still kind of what I consider home, although it's completely different than when I was a kid. But um, I, it's just, I, I did choose to come here, but I also didn't agree to really any of the rules or anything like that. There was no, there was no reason to move here other than my wife didn't like Virginia and there was a lot of job opportunities here. And so I just came and that was fine, but it's not, it's not my community really. And there's not, um, but I did, we did, we did form a really good community here. So let's go cool. bro. Texas is on the list for me. Yeah. You know, it's not bad. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I, I have no plans to leave Hawaii, but, but, uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, you know, intrigued yeah. because if I could, if, if I could get my wife to like the desert a little bit more, cause I do like the desert too. Um, down in the Davis mountains, I think is really pretty hmm. and, but it's a different kind of pretty. It's yeah. uh, very arid. And uh, that's like where like um, Big Bend National Park and stuff like that okay. is, is down there. And uh, it's it's a really stark beauty. But And they do have trees and stuff like that, but it's pretty much desert. Yeah. Uh, but there's mountains and it's, and it's pretty. So that, that was one area. And also hill, hill country here in, uh, down by Austin is actually real pretty too. Okay. Um, so I'd, I'd have to be, looking. I'd have to be near the water though. My, my, uh, my, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd have to be probably in the Houston area is where, is where I would probably go, which sucks yeah. because man, or Corpus Christi. Well, the Astros just beat the, beat the pants off of the athletics. You know? <laughs> so, so like, I, so like I, I cannot, I cannot see myself going to Houston right now. You know, I'm still kind yeah. of sore, about but you could, you could, yeah. you could do like uh, Corpus Christi. Hey, dude, I got a bunch of friends in Louisiana and Texas. I can hook you up there, Q. <laughs> All right. If you get tired of Texas, you can just go, go on down to good old southwest Louisiana. <laughs> it's, it's, not a, it's, not, it's definitely not a bad place. I, yeah. But I, I think that after having lived in the southeast for a long time and then moving out to Texas, like I think I'm starting to realize I'm definitely a westerner and, yeah. and just really miss the climate and, and that type of environment. That's like I, my biggest fear though, right? Is, is to go, is to go somewhere that's not West coast. Yeah. You know? And, and, and we talked a little bit about the different cultures of California, but, but at the end of the day, California is just West coast. And then that bleeds into Oregon yeah. and Washington. You're all kind of West right. coast, you know, and then 
of course, we're out here in Hawaii, it's the westmost coast of the coasts, you know, of all yeah, the coasts. Yeah. yeah. So, right. And there's so. Ton, tons of Californians out there in Hawaii too. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're messing it up also. Dude, there are tons of Californians <laughs> here messing it up too. <laughs> the, the only thing good about the Californians here in, here in Hawaii is some of them know how to make good Mexican food. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. That, that's a joke. Californians. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, man. So I, that's, that's, that's fascinating. That whole concept is, is, just, is just fascinating. I think um, I'm really looking forward to, to, to kind of watching this go. And hopefully it's yeah. something that, that I would be very interested in helping move forward you know and well yeah we'll, we're looking for as much yeah. help as we can get yeah. I mean, there's a lot of i i when my wife and i first started talking about this uh it was she so she's she's kind of like i'm i'm like a i, I think about things and i'm like oh wouldn't this be cool if this and she's much more of she's eastern european so she's like you do now <laughs> and i'm like what, like, what and she's what like, are you telling me <laughs> stop talking stop talking go do and like that kind of thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> so like actually that's how Childerberg got started. Like car, car camp it. And yep. I, uh, when we first moved to Texas, uh, I saw car camping on Twitter and was like, Hey, you know, we're in roughly in the same area. Let's get up for some barbecue or something. And, uh, my wife came in and car and I were talking about Childerberg. Uh, cause it was, he came up with it on Twitter as, but his was more like to protest the Bilderbergs. He was going to drink beer alone in his apartment. And I was like, well, but this has, the, this has the potential to be much better than that. And uh, we could drink together in, at a campground. And, uh, and my wife's just kind of sitting there like, you go do now. <laughs> yeah, you know, basically, like, it, it gets about 30 minutes in the conversation. She's like, I'm tired of listening to this. I'm like, oh, you don't like the idea? She's like, no, the idea is good. But you're, both of you are just going to sit here and talk about it. You're never going to do it. Ooh. And, and I was like. She threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. Threw it down. Yeah. I was like, no, I am going to do it. Yeah. She's like, then do it. Then do it. <laughs> I will. Then what, do it. <laughs> what part of Europe is she from? Uh, Ukraine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah my, my wife is uh, German Filipina. So oh, okay. a, a very diverse uh, family over here at the yeah. gumbo estate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she's definitely the driving force of this. When I mentioned that, like, I was like, well, maybe, maybe we should just start our own town because like, we're not, we're not a hundred percent satisfied with anywhere. And She's like, you can do that? I was like, yeah, I'm sure we can. We just got to figure it out. This is America. Like, we can do what yeah. we want. Yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, well, we'll do it. I was like, I will do it. Okay. Hey, but okay. are you free, though? <laughs> yeah, right. He's so stupid. Dude. I am, and I like it. <laughs> uh, she's, she's definitely the... the I, I'm much more of a, like, I'd be, I, I wouldn't say I would be happy to, but I am, I would tend to just kind of sit around and think about things. Yeah. And she's much more of a stop thinking about it and go do something, yeah. which is good. Well, so, so you got to think about it to get the plan, yeah. but then you need somebody to execute that plan. So it sounds like you guys are a perfect partnership, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because we got a lot of people who has a plan, but they never get out of the talk about it phase. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what she was saying. Like when she started getting kind of integrated into like the Liberty movement with me, uh, cause I mean, when she married me, like that was like one of the first things I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm an anarchist. You got to understand that. And, uh, and she's like, what? I don't understand what that is. And I was like, uh, I mean, like, would you rather live in an apartment with security or without security? And she's like, well, of course with, and I'm like, so why can't you just buy security? Why does, why do you have to pay taxes and the government gives you it? And she's like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And like, that was like our first conversation. She's like, no, I'm, I'm kind of sold on this. This makes yeah. sense. 
Yeah. Like, I don't want to pay for other people's security. I want the good security. And, and then you're yet. like, and then you're like, look at all this other stuff though. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing is to try and get people to wake up to the idea of, of, you know, voluntarism or anarchy or whatever. What, you know, I, I, I go back and forth cause I'm afraid to use the term anarchy around yeah. the wrong people because, because of the Antifa idiots out there just, yeah. right. just, yeah, just, yeah. just exactly totally, what they think it is. totally co-opting the word. Right. And, and, you know, but in reality, what it is is freedom, right? So, yeah, it's not the absence of all of these things, right? The whole "what about the roads" thing, right? It's not the absence of all of this stuff. It's it's just a better way to provide it, you know. Right. And 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 maybe eliminating the things, eliminating the bloat in the process, right? The stuff that we don't yeah. need, you know. Yeah, and there's so, a lot of stuff that we that we probably don't need, yeah. or or that could be provided more efficiently. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's that's yeah. another. Uh, that's, we can, but yeah, we could be here for hours and hours talking. I know, about I know. That that's kind yeah. of one of the one of the things we were, I was talking to her about this when we were at dinner tonight uh, was the, the, like I was saying that that community silo in North Carolina, that's sort of how they, they approached this by, um, by nobody actually, I don't like, I don't like phrasing it this way because I know it's going to trigger a lot of uh, like libertarian anarchists and stuff like that, but it's, it, nobody owns their land. They just have lifetime leases on the land. So yeah. it, it gives a couple of different types of protection is one it gives you a means to kick somebody out if they're being too much trouble yeah. for the rest of the community. Um, this is like the hopping in like physical removal yeah. is, it's just like, you know what, we've all agreed we're terminating your lease. Here's, here's your money back. Right. Get out. And, um, and, and that's one of the reasons why they set it up that way. And, and the that's reason, the point of a, of a covenant community anyway, right? You, yeah. You, you share with the people who you are most, you know, birds of a feather kind of thing. Right. And then, yeah, and then yeah. if, if there's somebody that rubs you the wrong way and, and, you know, and there, there's, there's a victim, victims, victims in his, in his, in his wake, it's like, all right, we got to get, yeah. get this guy out of here. Yeah, yeah. And there's that. It's also too, is that like one of, one of the reasons why I think neighbors are often bad neighbors is there, cause there's really, you have no recourse for somebody being just a dick. Yeah. Like, like, and, but in a, in a covenant community, well, you have the possibility of getting kicked out, which yep. does kind of, it kind of encourages you to not be a dick. And if you like, <laughs> so, yeah, no, and that's true, right? So in a voluntary yeah. society, right, it, it, there, there's, a, there's an incentive to be a nice person. Right. right? Because yeah. everybody eventually finds hard luck, right? It's, it's, this is not, this yeah. is not just, I mean, everybody eventually finds hard luck. Yep. And uh, when that happens to you, don't you want friends in your corner to help kind of pull you out of that hole? Yeah, if you've spent yep. if you spent the better part of your life just taking a dump off of on everybody, there's not going to be anybody there to help you, right? And, yeah. and so, what about my bridges? Where's my bridge? <laughs> bridge? But you know what Burn, I mean, right? Burn like, those bridges right. down. Yeah. yeah. No, and and in a, in a voluntary society or a covenant community, there's definitely an, an incentive to just be a generally nice person, and yeah. and to help out and to grow your and to and to make friends and take care of your neighbors. You know? Yeah, and it's a, and it's a really interesting thing too, just kind of on the neighbor aspect of this, uh, and, and it may it may be a it may be COVID related, I don't know, but uh, when we first we just moved into this house uh, like nine months ago, um, actually not even nine months ago, like seven months ago, and um, I made it a point right when we moved in to go talk to several of my neighbors and introduce myself, uh, just because you know it's a. I was really happy to move back into like the burbs uh, because <laughs> after living downtown and in an apartment and living in like a high rise in Norfolk for a while. And then I did live in a neighborhood before that, but uh, since I've been married, we lived in apartments and um, I, I just really missed that kind of like 
knowing your neighbors, like going outside and seeing them waving and like yeah. walking over and talking for a little while or something like that. Like I'm a talker. Like I, I, that's why I have a podcast. Like yeah. <laughs> I ramble, ramble on forever. So like if I see somebody, I, I like to stop and talk and um, went around and introduced myself to people and none of them wanted to give me, and it's Texas. Yeah. Like <laughs> nobody, nobody really wanted to talk much. I talked a little bit with my immediate neighbor um, and he, and he has a big church sign in front of his yard too. So like, I was like, why don't you be more friendly? <laughs> but, uh, but like, uh, the only lady was this lady down the street, Joan Rivers, which I thought was hilarious. And, uh, was that, that was her name. And, um, and then she gave me the gossip of everybody in the neighborhood, but she's like, yeah, I don't know what it used to be like a really communal neighborhood. We used to do block parties all the time. This was, I guess when she, her kids were young, so probably in the seventies. And, um, and like, I don't, I don't know if it's a COVID thing or if it's just, uh, the neighborhood change. I mean, everybody here is pretty old. So maybe they just, maybe they're like, eh, he's too young. I don't really want to be friends with him, but like, and they'll wave, they're friendly enough. They'll wave and stuff like that, but nobody wants to talk. Like, you know, if I walk up, and go, oh, Hey, yeah, that sounds going? odd from Texas. Cause normally you got, yeah, you got that, yeah. that Southern hospitality thing where, yeah, you and, know what you do? And, you go, you go up to the next Texan that you see and you say, yeah. you know what they say about Texas, right? Steers and queers, and I don't see any horns now. <laughs> right, yeah, right, and then yeah. you'll make a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But you know what's what, you know what's really funny about about that too is, and I started kind of making this connection uh, during election season too. Is there are no Trump signs in my neighborhood, and um, they're all over here, man. Believe really? it or not, they're all over here. Oh, they're yeah? all over here. We when we drive in into our hometown or where we live, you know, Gumbo and I live, and there's like on the side of the road, there's like like 50 people parked waving you know and then of course you got all the guys honking their horns you know horns for trump right honk honk beep beep right yeah and then there's flags on trucks all in front of my house and and uh, it's yeah. and, and this is the bluest state in the universe yeah but in in this area i think all 300 trump voters in the state of hawaii are like in this neighborhood. <laughs> hey, hey like it or not though that says something in a yeah. blue state. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to hijack that. Go ahead, Jacob. I, oh, no, I, no, you, you, you said there are no Trump signs. And I'm like, dude, they're all over yeah. this place. Yeah. Right? You well, there's, there's, you. there's none. There's none. <laughs> there's none here. There's, there's a bunch of Biden signs in my neighborhood. Cause I, I go running in the, in the neighborhood or walking the dogs or something. And there's a ton of Biden signs. And then I was over visiting a buddy of mine who lives closer to Fort Worth. And, uh, he lives, it's a different kind of neighborhood. It's like a, their houses are slight, a little bit smaller. Uh, it's, I always describe these as like Navy, Navy neighborhoods because it looks like a Navy mm-hmm. neighborhood. Yeah. But um, so like just slightly smaller houses and um, Trump signs all over the place. I got out of my car and somebody was talking to me. That was just oh, out wow. doing yard work. Yeah. They're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, uh, oh, you're over here seeing him. And I was like, yeah, he just moved in. I was housewarming. He's like, yeah, great guy. And I, I was like, this is, what my neighborhood growing up was like where yeah. like you just, you go out, you know, pretty much, even if you don't know them, you just talk to them. And that also makes your neighborhood safer. I think is yeah. if you're, if you talk to strangers in your neighborhood, you're like, Oh, Hey, what, what are you doing here? And so you're <laughs> friendly about it. Um, it makes a good neighborhood. And so that's kind of, that was sort of like part of the inspiration I think for the Childerberg town was like, I, I want to live around my friends or like, or people who live there. I want them to, at least for me to know that, uh, we have at least some ideas that are the same. I'm mean, just like, just like when you go to church or, yeah. um, or, or any sort of, you know, community activity or, or like, uh, like we do the DFW Liberty meetup here. That's another thing that I, I started in this area. And it's just basically a bunch of libertarians get together and go to a brewery. And, um, but 
uh, if like at church, even if you don't agree on everything, at, at least you know that you're there for a purpose. And the same thing with like a covenant community is even if you don't agree on everything, at least you know that you kind of agree on these basic things yeah. and you have some basic goal that is common with everybody yeah. and that everybody who's there agreed to those basic goals. And you're not, it's not, it doesn't mean you're all a carbon copy of each other. It just means that you're so in, kind of birds of a feather. You kind of have the same yeah. values, the same ideals, right. you know, and then everybody is of course an individual and, and, and free to do, do what they do provided there's no yeah. victim. But then uh, this is, these are the core tenets of, of this group that you are choosing voluntarily to be a right. part of. Yeah. 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 yeah and then you, you know, you do, you do things, you do the things that you do at church, you know, you have your potluck so people can come around and, and talk and, and the, Oh yeah, you needed help, you know, putting up that thing on your property or whatever. I can come over afterwards and we can do yeah. that. Yeah. Those types of things. And that's the other thing. Like when, when I was a kid, like we would do that. We would just like, if there was an old lady in the house, you know, and falls coming, be like, Hey, do you need your gutters cleaned? Or you need, my dad and I pulled out somebody's stump one time. We didn't even really know them, but we saw them digging it out and they were old. And my dad's like, well, I can get, get the, uh, our pickaxes and shovels and we can dig it out. And it turned out to be like the worst decision he made because it took so long the worst but, time to be kind right be like oh. yeah i know yeah it was just one of those things but you know it was an old person they needed some help and and my mom knew them because my mom grew up in the neighborhood we lived in another hills and she's like oh i don't remember what their name was but uh she's like oh yeah we uh my brothers used to get their hair cut from his wife who passed away and um like so they knew like i'm a Lindsay. my last name's Lindsay. um but my mom's last name is marmerstein and um so she was like oh yeah you're one of the marmerstein boys or he he was and um we were uh we we're like oh yeah i mean sort of <laughs> yeah. right about yeah i guess so <laughs> but yeah. again it was that that kind of thing it's like people know each other and you help out and stuff like that and and it's um i just that's where i want to live i want to live in i want to live in you know you know, small town USA. Yeah, yeah I man. That, I bet you that old man that had you come dig out all those rocks with those pickaxes, he turned around and gave you the DiCaprio meme look. You know, like, I'm not doing that. Actually, I think I think it was actually my dad saw it and he was like, hey, bud, this guy needs help. Come come out and help. Actually, we did it in Virginia too, which was, uh, was I, he, my dad came home from work one day and he was like, hey, um, Mr. White said that his neighbor needs help chopping wood. And I was like, uh, okay. And he's like, well, you're going to come and help. I was like, oh, do I get paid? He's like, no, you, we get to keep the wood. I'm like, oh, all right. And so we ended up going for like three, three days chopping this lady's, it was after a hurricane. So all of these trees fell down. And, and, you know, in retrospect, I'm like happy to do that. When I was, you know, when I was 15 years old, I didn't mm -hmm. want to go do that. I want to play video games, but. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's, there's a maturity that comes with that though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, dude, I think, I think that's, I think that's a good, a good wrap, huh? What do you think? Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sounds you, good to me. Do you want to, uh, before, before we call it a, call it a day, do you want to go ahead and plug everything you got and let us know where we can find you? Yeah. Um, follow me at Childeberg. If you're interested in coming to Childeberg in Texas, it's, um, May 29th through 31st, I believe this year it's at Muleshoe Bend Recreational Area. Uh, in it's near um, it's about 45 minutes uh, west of Austin um, it's in a, it's near a town called Marble Falls so if you're looking for it on a map that's some a good reference point um, also uh, chilldeberg.com I have it down right now because I'm redoing the site but uh, maybe by the time this is released that'll be back up so you can get okay. uh, sign up for the newsletter and get information about that 
Uh, also, Tasting Anarchy on Twitter or tastinganarchy at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to email me about anything, I, I'd be happy to uh, answer your email. And um, yeah, that's it. Listen to our podcast, Tasting Anarchy. Oh, this is my new podcast, uh, The California Next Out. We have four awesome. episodes so far. That's cool. 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 Yeah, I'll listen right to on, it. That's man. for sure. You know I will. Yeah. Um, the uh, Childerberg, is it always going to be in Texas? Because, you know, um, Hawaii is a cool place. You guys come on out, man. We could party. Well, that's, that's another one. I, I like everything to be modular. So I am... One of the things that I, because other people have asked, like some some people in Appalachia want to do it, and um, there's a guy actually in California who wants to do it too, and I said I'm happy to tell you how I did it, and um, I'm getting better at it now. The first one, uh, kind of, there was a lot of loose ends, although everybody had a really good time. The second one was just wrecked by COVID. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but I'm I'm happy you guys were able to still pull that off. I thought that was yeah a, a minor miracle, man. You guys really pulled up pulled off something awesome there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm a uh, I think a nervous guy by nature, so I make backup plan after backup plan after backup plan because I'm like, if this doesn't work, then this will work, and if yeah. this doesn't work, then this will work. Like, I'm that kind of guy. And uh, so I was I early on, even before COVID, I was just worried. I was like, I, Austin's going to kick us out. I know they're going to. And uh, so I, there was there's a park in downtown Austin that is a campsite also, and I had rented out like 50 percent of the campsite, and. Um, and then it was like a week, maybe maybe two weeks before the event. Austin emails me, and I'd been ta- I'd been calling them every other day to uh, confirm that we could still go there. And they were like, "Yep, yep, yep." And then like two weeks before, maybe maybe fourteen days before, the lady that I had been talking to calls me back up. And she's like, "I got real bad news. Uh, all the parks are closed, and they're going to be closed, you know, for the foreseeable future." And um, so I was like, "Oh, it was, only, okay, well. it was only fifteen days to flatten the curve, bro." I, I know, I know. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. And uh, so I went to my backup location, called them. And I was like, hey, I still have these sites reserved. Is it good? And they're like, oh, no, no. We're in Tarrant County. Tarrant County is closed, not just Austin. And I was like, oh, oh. Um, okay. So then I went to my third location, which was a private campsite, called them up. And they're like, oh, no, when Tarrant County closes, we close. And and so I was like, okay, so I got I, I to gotta have a I've got to be out of the county. So I looked at my fourth location, fortunately that location, but I'd gotten way, way fewer campsites there. Yeah. And, um, but turned out we had way more than we needed anyways. Only 30 people came, uh, but cause it, so many people had to cancel their flights or their flights got rerouted and stuff. But this year, hopefully, uh, will everything will be, I mean, maybe the curve will, curve will finally be flattened <laughs> and things yeah. will be normal. Yeah. Well, like, uh, but, I hope it, yeah. I hope it does, man. I hope it does. I think it's kind of a cool thing. I'd I'd like to maybe someday get out there. Um, to to, be fun. To, to to meet everybody out there. It's kind of cool though, you know. You guys, oh, we're all a bunch of all a bunch of morons messing around on 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 the uh, social media and having these podcasts and whatnot. And and uh, it's kind of nice to meet people in meet space sometimes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of that's sort of was that was sort of the goal is we we do see each other on Twitter and stuff like that. Um. It's also good for people to know who is near them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, and there's a lot of people up here in Dallas that didn't know that we were all here uh, or in the Dallas area. And uh, other people met up like um, the Dissecting Liberty guys. Uh, one of them's in Austin. One of them's in uh, Louisiana. Yep. In, uh, I think near Shreveport or something. I, I don't remember where Alexandria, he's Alexandria, I think. What's his name? Uh, uh, Cotton. Cotton. Yeah, Cotton yeah, 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 he's yeah. in Alexandria, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, they had never met in person, but they have a podcast together and they were That's able to funny. meet in person. They were able to meet in person there, which was cool. 
and um, other people too, they just show up and they find out that they, they actually don't live that far away from each other. And now they can be, I mean, they were friends before online, but like, you know, you can, your friendship can only go to so far. I think online, it's just not, it's just not the same. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. like I met my wife online. Well, and you, I mean, you're, you're probably a fed. I mean, to be honest, probably. you know, you're yeah. probably, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That seems to be the new AI internet. Right? My last AI internet girlfriend just didn't work, dude. It didn't, <laughs> connect. it didn't connect very well. Well, you know, I met, I met my wife online, but like after like a week, a week of us talking, I, I was like this, I, we can't just do this. I'm just going to come up and see you and, and then we'll see if it works out or not. And, uh, I, I am, I like the internet for what it is. I am not an internet person. Like, it's just not, I just don't, yeah. I like it for what it is. I don't, it's not a life substitute. Like it doesn't, it, I, virtual reality is not the same as reality. It's different. Yeah. yeah that's so. true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, dude. It was it was yeah. a blast. I'm glad you came yeah, on. Thank you. Uh, we I think we had a good chat, and uh, and I look forward to listening to your uh, to your other shows, man. That's for sure. Yeah, and I got I got to have you come on, uh, and we'll talk California on that's, the California Next at some point. That sounds rad. That sounds real yep. rad. Okay, I'll hit you up. Thanks, bro. Later, right. man. Thank take, you. Take yeah. it easy, guys. Yeah. Thank Later. you. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Unshackled Liberty. Now's the time where we have to pay some bills. And, and, and I guess, what do, they, what do they say? Pay some bills, clean up shop. I don't know. What, is, what are you just kind of... Sweeper, just kinda, sweepers, man, your brooms. <laughs> we just kind of pimp all your stuff, right? So like, yeah. so, like, if you wanted to, if you felt like you wanted to do this and you wanted to help us out financially, uh, we won't say no. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash unshackled liberty where we have a patch club. I think it's $3 a month. And we'll send you our... our uh, send you our morale patch it's like a velcro patch you can put on your stuff it's kind of dope um if you like it's our really dope. if you like our show logo you're gonna like the the uh the patch because that's what it looks like and uh, and then of course you can also support us at anchor.fm slash unshackled liberty that's uh those are the guys that actually put together or distribute the uh the podcast for us but you know what's cool about anchor.com nope no nope, no nope, wrong one anchor.fm slash unshackled liberty is you can leave a message for us um, I kind of think that's a cool thing. You can go in there, you can leave us a voicemail. You should leave us some voicemail. Yeah. And if it's cool, we'll play it, man. I mean, if you're dropping F-bombs and you're like saying nasty stuff, we're just kind of like, thanks, but no thanks. But man, if it's... If we'll it's, laugh about it, but yeah, it yeah. we can't use it. Yeah, we'll, we'll laugh between the two of us and, and whatnot. <laughs> but we're not going to put it on the show. But man, if you leave us something funny, something stupid something intellectual right i don't know yeah. even something uh leave us a message yeah we dude, hear we'll, from you. we'll, we'll drop are it you? yeah who, who are, are you who are you yeah yeah and then of course um you've heard us do it before and we're, we're going to keep doing it if you guys are musicians and you want to send us an mp3 of some of your original work um you can send it to unshackled.liberty at gmail.com yeah and uh Where's our bass players? Where's our guitars? Where's the keyboardist? Where's exactly. our flute players? Harps. Where's our? I want a jazz bagpipes. Jazz, jazz flute. Yeah. Piccolo even. It doesn't matter. Anything. We we, we want to <laughs> provide a platform for you, creative people, to, to express yourself. Yeah, dude. If you guys play a mean ukulele, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So so there's that. So you can send us that email. Uh, we'll play it. 
Um, so that's it, right? I think anything else we're missing? If you want to follow, if you if we want to follow you on Twitter, who who, who do we who do we follow there, Gumbo? I am at Crypto Gumbo on Twitter, and I am at Q underscore Abolitionist, and we have a show page at Unshackled underscore L, and we're most active on on Twitter. But uh, but you, I, I have a little Facebook page that I almost never use, and that's really just to distribute the uh, the the show on Facebook. But if you guys wanted to follow us, we're most active on Twitter. Um, and we'd love we to We also chat. have a Discord, Unshackled Liberty Discord, but uh, we still have to build upon it a little bit more, but it's still there. It's kind of like entry level, guys. You're dealing with, I mean, yeah, we're, we're Gen Xers, but we're kind of on the, kind of on like, uh, you know, we, we don't we don't understand a lot of that stuff, man. <laughs> am I not allowed to say that? All right. I was just joking, man. All right. So anyway, hey, thanks for your listenership, guys. And uh, we hope to hear from you. Mahalo. Mahalo.